Hello, and welcome to Ashurst Legal Outlook. This is the sixth and final episode in a series dedicated to all things artificial intelligence. My name is Tay Royal, Head of Digital Products from Ashurst Advanced Digital. And today I'm joined by Tara Waters, partner and head of Ashurst Advanced Digital based out of our London office. In this series, we've discussed the ethical considerations of artificial intelligence, copyright, patents, and AI trade secrets. So naturally, we come to the question of what's next? In Lewis Carroll's second novel, Alice enters Wonderland by climbing through a mirror. There she finds that everything is not quite as it seems, and some things are very odd indeed. In today's episode, we'll explore some things about AI that are very odd indeed, as we ask ourselves, what is the future of AI and legal, and how can lawyers best prepare themselves? Hi, Tara, and uh, thanks for joining me. Before we explore the future of AI within the legal profession, I was wondering wh whether maybe you could set the scene and touch on some of the current challenges that are facing the legal community in the adoption of artificial intelligence more broadly? Firstly, there remains an overall lack of understanding of what artificial intelligence is, what it means, what it does, and how it works. And I think with what comes with that is a little bit of a fear of the unknown. And also, a lot of times, a mismatch of the expectations, the promise of AI, versus the reality and, and what the current solutions are capable of doing and doing well. Part of the problem of that, I think, is ultimately the lack of access to big data in the industry. A lot of our data is confidential data, it's private data, it's client data, and certainly for law firms, client data is sacrosanct. We don't share that, we don't allow access to that, that stays locked as tightly as possible behind firewalls and data silos. And as a result of that, though, what happens is we don't have a concept of big data in this industry in the same way we've seen in other industries. And ultimately, for AI really to deliver on some of the promise of what we've seen elsewhere, you need access to data and a level of data that we just haven't achieved yet in our industry. Therefore, I think what we need is industry-level discussion about how do we enable some of that access how do we enable new solutions to come in and solve the problems that we have? And I think that we're really at the beginning stages of that journey at the industry level. I think finally, there's a differentiation in my mind anyway of legal tech versus technology for legal. And I think sometimes we're trying to solve for the very narrow use cases which in some, back to that first point around the mismatch of the expectations versus reality and, and the ability to actually deliver the true promise that AI has. That's really interesting, Tara, because I've heard data scientists tell me that their single largest challenge is access to quality data. And I can see that in the legal industry, that would be even more difficult than other industries. Are you aware of any industry initiatives or approaches in order to resolve this challenge? I am, yes. I do think what we're seeing now is an increased amount of collaboration happening within the industry, 
not just as amongst legal services providers, uh, but also new providers and uh, universities, research organizations, data research organizations. So I think a, a great example of that would be in the UK. We um, our, our UK Innovate grant program ran a tender last year uh, for participants to come together and form consortium to help solve some data access issues. And uh, our, our firm Ashurst has actually participated in one of those collaborations with an up and coming data tech company. And that is involving participants from a multitude of regulated industries um, who all share a, this data access problem along with universities and research companies and their own new technology. So we are absolutely seeing the industry recognize the need for there to be collaborations and discussions around this problem. You also mentioned legal tech as distinct for tech for legal. Specifically in the AI space, is it your thought slash recommendation that we should be looking at some of the machine learning tools that are of more general application and seeing how potentially they could be applied to legal use cases? Or did you have something else in mind? No, I, I think it's exactly that. And I would love to see more involvement of what we refer to as, as the big tech companies, the Googles, the Amazons, et cetera, of the world coming into our industry and applying their technology to our problems. I don't think there's any reason why we should only be looking at use of AI and machine learning within our industry without that knowledge and input from the real experts who are doing phenomenal things with machine learning in other industries. If you look at that, the healthcare industry and the, the ability now of machine learning to be applied in diagnosing cancers. And I know that that was a journey and it, it took a long time for it to reach the level of accuracy that doctors felt comfortable with what was being done. And we also, I think, as a result, saw that doctors weren't being replaced, but certainly the ability of the technology enhanced their ability to actually, um, you know, work with their patients, treat their patients, diagnose issues with their patients. Agree with that completely. Uh, and incidentally, I was reading an article today about how part of the reason why we were able to develop vaccines so quickly for coronavirus was techniques utilizing AI that have only been developed in 2020 regarding the folding of proteins. And as such, this led to the acceleration of the ability to provide the vaccines that are now being rolled out around the world. So there's there's huge leaps and bounds being made in AI slash machine learning on a month by month basis at the moment. So it is a really exciting field and there are lots of opportunities to bring some of those learnings into legal. I'd like now to turn to specifically the legal field and what we're seeing going on in legal, in artificial intelligence. What areas do you think we're doing well. Uh, what are some of the successes? I think that the areas where we've seen real success has definitely been around looking at and using documents, reviewing documents, extracting information, um, sorting through vast volumes of documents 
So those are areas that touch upon, for example, e-discovery, which has become a discipline in and of itself over the past 10 years and is, is growing quite rapidly. It's an area that you know we're expanding our capability. And when we look around, we see the industry really jumping behind e-discovery AI-based solutions. And also then uh, the classic example, of course, in terms of document review, where you're able to just process vast volumes of information and data and locate ex and pinpoint exactly the data that you're looking for, you know, pulling that out, extracting it, and, and then pushing that on into a different process where you're able to take that next step, whether that's analysis or generation of further information. And that's something that I think within the industry, we can really do at scale. We know works well. Our clients expect us to be using AI for those types of activities and tasks. So that's definitely widely accepted. E-discovery is a really interesting space for me because e-discovery is getting involved in so many different formats other than just the traditional review of email and documents. So for example, you've got information that's coming out in social media. And an area that I found really quite fascinating was I had something come across my desk about six months ago. We had a client who came and spoke to us they had about 30,000 hours worth of footage from the inside of a warehouse. And they wanted to know whether we could use AI to scan through the 30,000 hours as part of a particular investigation. Now, in that particular instance, we weren't really able to help them, notwithstanding that we had some Im imaging tools that we could work with. But effectively, the problem set that was put to us was we want to know if there's any suspicious activity going on in the warehouse. And we weren't able to get any much greater definition around what those activities might look like. So one of the challenges with AI is, you've, is if you're going into a large data set and you're trying to find something, you need to know what you're looking for. I think that leads on nicely though. There are some really brilliant use cases in artificial intelligence where we can deliver great legal outcomes for our clients. Where do we go from here? What do you think are the next steps and what sort of achievements might we be able to reach in the next couple of years? So one of the areas that I'm particularly excited about is application of federated learning within the industry. So we've actually started a collaboration with a data tech company, and we've been talking to a range of collaborators. So we have one potential use case and proof of concept where we've brought together a group of law firms. And we have a, a second similar proof of concept, but actually it's a couple of law firms, a couple of cl corporate clients, and this is the really exciting part, and some of the legal regulators in the UK who are expressing an interest in this technology. So federated learning is ultimately about how do you achieve that big data view and allow machine learning to start to really provide extra value. So what it entails is it allows multiple parties to come together and ultimately pool their data in a way that you can then get a much wider and more aggregated view of the insights. But what the technology that we're testing is proposing to do is to allow each data owner or data holder 
to maintain the confidentiality and separateness of their data. So there's no movement of data, there's no actual sharing of data. So we don't have to worry about those confidentiality and security concerns that we inherently have as a law firm. But what we can do is allow access to a carefully constructed and designed algorithm to come to our data sites to extract the insights that we've agreed the algorithm should be extracting, not actually extracting specific data from the contracts themselves or documents themselves, and pulling them out and then allowing a aggregated and anonymized view of those insights rather than us being able to see what's in our own documents, we can actually pull the insights from a range of documents from across the industry, including the clients, and get a much more powerful view and much more exciting level of learnings that can be applied in you know, a, a wide variety of ranges, including for pu in the public interest, as well as obviously for, for private interest. I think that probably takes us to the next step, which is how do we leverage more open source and industry solutions in the industry. Uh, as, as we discussed a little bit before in those collaborations with big tech um, and getting comfortable with open source, which uh, as a general proposition and anyone that does transactional law will know that that's a key due diligence topic when you, anyone is using open source technologies and the ability to do that and the risks inherent in, in not using code that was completely written by you. So I think there's probably still some steps we need to take in order to get comfortable around that. But certainly the ability to leverage what's being built by other people, leverage the vast amount of expertise on this subject outside of our industry, I think is going to be really critical to us making proper advancements. It seems like this would require a, a fair amount of upfront investment to get up and running. Do you have any insights to share around how do we persuade key stakeholders to invest in artificial intelligence and these sorts of initiatives? What sort of messaging do you think resonates with them most if you feel that there's a, an important AI initiative that should be carried out? by the firm or alternatively, if you're in-house counsel, how, how might you approach that? I think that's an important question. And I think, you know, every organization right now is on a trajectory of transformation of some kind that's being digitally enabled. And so each organization will have its own approach to that transformation program. What's really important is making sure the, the leadership and executive team understands the importance of research and development and investment in order to actually achieve the aims of transformation. And what that means in most cases is that you're not going to get access to a huge pot of money and of investment and risk capital in the same way you might where a, a corporate has spun up a, a venture arm for example, who, who's seeded with a set amount of money and is able to go run around and play and invest and, and find those new solutions to bring back into the business. So I think what's really important though is that the leadership starts to understand a bit better, how do you invest and how do you accept risk and see risk as, that, as an opportunity and not simply as a risk and money out the door. 
the title of this episode is Through the Looking Glass, The Future of AI. And I've seen a few odd things that AI has produced in my time. Is there anything that comes to mind for you where AI produces results that are distinctly odd? Well, I think we have to always keep in mind that a machine is not a human. It's unlikely to be trained, at least at this point in time, to be exactly like a human. And so it can't just look at um, you know, a set of documents or look at a, a reel of footage and pick out that thing that really only humans going to be able to do. Um, what, I mean, I'm curious to know what are some of your findings? I think there's a couple of areas that are really exciting at the moment. There's an organization known as OpenAI, which was co-founded by Elon Musk, and they've created a natural language processing tool. They have effectively scooped up the entire internet and cut it down into bite-sized chunks. And then the machine learning tool set reassembles those chunks in patterns that it considers uh, would make sense to a human. And it's fascinating to read the output of GPT-3. Uh, there's thousands of examples on the internet if you simply go Google GPT-3. But in effect, you have these very well-written flowing sentences that are gathered up into somewhat sensible paragraphs. And then you get three quarters of the way through the paragraph and a disconnect with reality becomes starkly evident and you start descending into this form of madness. And it's very much like reading the writings of Lewis Carroll in that the machine that's producing these language outputs has no conception of the human world and how it all fits together, but it can write these perfectly lucid, literate, learned, sentences. And furthermore, you can give it a particular style. So it can write a sonnet in the style of Shakespeare or John Donne. It just so happens that as you read it, you quickly realize that the sonnet does not necessarily make any sense whatsoever. Interestingly, a lot of lawyers might reject these sorts of tools out of hand because they're not the sort of thing that can give you legal answers that you can rely on. Uh, in, in some ways, the answers you might get back are often a little bit ridiculous. But what they are, and this is where I'm, I'm going with a, a new tool that I've just learned about in the last couple of days brought out by IBM, they can write very cogent, very beautifully written script and text. And it's possible to use that text in order to form your own arguments. Lawyers normally like to think of themselves as being very black letter, following prescriptive rules. But the reality is that they are also very persuasive writers. And the thing that I'm also super excited about is a tool set coming out of IBM Research, which is called Project Debater. And this is an artificial intelligence tool that debates with humans on specific topics. And I'm super interested to see whether or not this could be applied in a legal context. So 
by way of wrap up, what do we need to do as lawyers, as legal professionals, as humans to ensure that we get the most out of artificial intelligence and machine learning, both to benefit our clients uh, and possibly uh, humanity as a whole? What should we be doing? I would really love to see the legal industry get together with the technology industry and to tackle those bigger problems, to understand how do we get access to bigger levels of data in order to train algorithms to do the more complex and structured thinking that lawyers do. And how can we work across the industry and within the industry? And let's not look at each other as competitors in this context. Let's look at us all benefiting from the improvement in AI machine learning used in this industry, because we're hearing it from our clients on a daily basis. They are interested, they want us to keep pushing the envelope and do more. They want us to be safe and secure and give them all the assurances that they need, of course. But ultimately, this is benefit for the greater good. Yeah, that, that, that's right. And I really enjoyed your discussion around how we can bring our stakeholders with us and engage them, because I think that's really one of the most important parts of any project. Well, it's, it's crucial in order for the project to get off the ground is to ensure that we have the right buy-in. And the way to get that buy-in is to ensure that we have clear deliverables and hard metrics against which we can be measured so that we can demonstrate the value of what we're achieving, because that's how you achieve sustaining innovation, is by being able to demonstrate the value that you've already delivered, and then to be able to enumerate the value that you're going to deliver in the future. I love the idea of starting small, have a very focused project, have a small number of people who are working on that project, will nurture and grow that project, and be able to demonstrate that value. So. I think that's a great message. Watch this space. Uh, as this series has shown, there's so much happening in AI, so much promise here. Uh, we're all really excited about it. Don't lose faith, don't lose hope. I think that the future is looking very bright for this industry. Thank you for listening. To hear more Asher's podcasts, including our dedicated channel on all things ESG, please visit ashers.com forward slash podcasts. To ensure you don't miss future episodes, subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. If you heard something today or in the previous episodes that interested you and you want to learn more, we encourage you to reach out to us on LinkedIn and keep the conversation going. Thanks again for listening and goodbye for now.